The Introvert's Edge podcast was designed to create a dialogue around introversion, to stimulate a discussion around our disadvantages, how we overcome those disadvantages, and what we consider our introvert's edge. Together, we're finally going to confront the stigma around introversion, showing that we're not second-class citizens. We're just different, and we need to embrace that. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Introverts Edge. I'm super excited to welcome back Rob Stone, who is the National Partner Director for Zero, And we've been having a great conversation about introversion. And we were just talking offline about the fact of, you know, being able to talk about these concepts that, that most people don't get to talk about. Yeah, it's, it's really nice to do that. I was, <laughs> as Matt was saying, I was, um, was kind of commenting that it's, it's almost cathartic just talking about this. Uh, it is vulnerable, like you do feel quite vulnerable talking about, you know, the inner workings, but at the same time to actually do it out here in the, uh, I guess, in the public domain, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm an introvert and proud of it. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's having that effect. I have to admit, when I, when I came up with the idea of creating this podcast, I did have that kind of thought to myself, I'm going to get introverts that get uncomfortable talking about uncomfortable topics and I'm going to get them to talk about their most uncomfortable topic, which is their introversion. I wonder how that's going to go. But I've, I've, you know, I've been really ecstatic with seeing how people sort of gravitated to it. And it is, it, for me, it's cathartic because I'm, I'm getting to talk about it. I'm also having realizations as I go through about things that you've said and how that kind of is something that I do as well. And it, I'm finding it, for me, I'm finding it empowering. I'm glad it is for you. And I, I hope it is for everybody that's, that's watching and listening along. So let's, let's get back to what you kind of hinted to at the start, uh, at the end of the last session, Rob, about mindfulness and how you've seen that as an impact. I mean, let's face it, we're in digital worlds these days. Our phone beeps every 30 seconds. I think I've had 200 emails since I sat down this morning and you know, I've got messages and I've got things going on and things are busy. Like we've invented technology to get less busy and it seems to have had the opposite effect and we now have things going on all the time. For introverts, that can be quite confronting. Yet you found a way to take a breath and I'd, I'd love you to share that process. Yeah, two ways. Uh, the first is very structured and formal where you can actually go to a, a meditation class or a mindfulness class. I'm seeing more and more um, studios in CBDs popping up where people can go at lunchtime um, and take 15 minutes, half an hour out of their busy schedules to do that. And then the other one is what I like to call between the first and second space. So the third space on your way home, which I'm actually um, pinching that phrase from Dr. Adam Fraser here in Australia. But that's where you need to find and pause and break your work headspace from your family or home headspace. And that could be when you're on the bus, on the train, um, when you get home for five minutes, just pausing and resetting. Um, we do not have the luxury these days of a work-life balance. We have work-life integration. It is so porous with our digital devices now. If you're not conscious about carving out your own time, and let's, be face, let's, let's face it, playing to our strengths as introverts, where we do like to be um, by ourselves to recharge our batteries, I think it's on us to actually own that 
and find that space to have a bit of time to, um, yeah, just to have mindfulness. I think that's a really important thing to share. And if, if for the listeners that, are, that aren't from Australia, CBD is Central Business District or, or people that are from the city. It's, Australians use a lot of slang. And I said CBD for about a year before I realized that no one actually knew what I meant here. So somebody actually put their hand up in the Q&A when I was on stage and said, Matt, what exactly is this CBD thing? So it's, um, I, but I think it's, it's super important for all introverts to still have their recharge time. And I know that uh, Jamie Masters, another guest uh, that we've had on the show is you know, a big component of it. She, for her, she finds it gives her that ability to, to recharge. She'll run a, a three day event and sleep just doesn't cut it. She has to have that, that time for herself. And this is time you've got to take away from your family or your career. How do you structure that in your mindset so that it's okay to take that time for you? I think it comes down to one, you have to recognize first off that you need it and that's okay. Um, you know, I actually think it's, it's not something that we necessarily have the option over. It's part of our makeup. And that means we need to be really effective when it comes to communicating, particularly to your loved ones at home, but then also at work. Um, you know, we're not robots. We're all humans. Uh, and it's basically saying I need this to recharge. And when I do, I operate at a far higher level. Richard Branson talks, uh, goes to the gym two or three times a day. And that's a lot of time commitment. And people are like, how can you spend so much time doing that? He said, because I'm three times as effective the rest of the time because I do that. For me, when I'm stuck in something, I'll go for a run and the idea appears. And it's always, why am I stressing about that? Like, just chill out. It, it's not that important. And sometimes we just need the oxygen that comes with that timeout to tell us what we probably already know. And oxygen's a really good fundamental point. I mean, breathing, um, you know, in mindfulness exercise is important, but you can equally get a huge intake, obviously, when you go and do exercise. Uh, and it's something that I need to do a lot, a lot more of. It's something I think we all need to. I, these days in our demanding worlds, I mean, just doing these segments, I have to keep reminding myself that I don't need to speak at a million miles an hour and I can breathe and everybody is okay to wait while I take a breath. It's not that long a period of time. Now, Rob, I want to segue because you went from sales to leadership and a lot of people fail at that changeover because what makes a successful salesperson definitely a lot of the time doesn't make a successful leader. And I think that, and I don't want to project on you, but I, I think that some of your introvert qualities probably played a big factor in that. But I'd, I'd love for you to talk about that transition and the, the barriers you had to, to leadership and, and some of the success factors that introversion may have caused you. Yeah, well, first off, I'm, you know, being a technician or a, a high performing individual contributor, most times it is very hard to segue into a people manager role. I think in this instance, uh, Zero is very unique in the sense that it's not a typical sales organization. Uh, it is a very, very much a purpose-led company. So the, the wider aspect is we want to help millions of small businesses around the world, um, you know, grow, um, create more jobs, get paid faster, access to capital. In Australia, we've got 2.1 million small businesses uh, and they are primarily being helped by the accounts and bookkeepers, 31,000 partners who are out there advising other small businesses. And that's my focus is these accounts and, and bookkeepers. And I've been very fortunate um, to be involved with them for the last four years. And 
we know that if we can help them, they in turn will help the small businesses inside Australia. And so when I moved into the sales role, I was obviously quite uh, skeptical. I hadn't had any exposure to what a sales, a sales role was. And I was very relieved to find that the sales uh, concept or process inside Zero isn't an old school sales uh, model. It is very much, you have mindsets of people, some are closed, some are moving along a journey to being open, but it's all about collaboration. And I do think that we're seeing a huge change in this sales psychology globally, where it is all about collaboration. If you're not out there genuinely trying to help the people that you're um, talking to day in, day out, you will fail. And that's not because you know there's a, an increasing number of uh, places where you can get information. So you have a, the most informed buying set um, forever in history, but it's a long-term engagement. That's what I'm saying to, to realize. And Zero really supports that. So that was a nice match for who I am because I, I physically am not possible to go out there and do a hard sell. Um, even if I did have a re repeatable process, um, I, would, I would struggle with that. So this really kind of uh, married up with who I am. I love the idea of helping small businesses. I love the idea of helping the advisors of small businesses. So that, that process made it very easy for me um, to kind of move into this sales role inside Zero. But then when we moved, when I had the opportunity to move into a people management role, that was easily the hardest um, inflection point in the entire career um, to, to date for many reasons. Um, first and foremost though, is I was stepping up amongst my peers to say, I'm now here to, to help you. And the way that I, um, I guess, made that transition was to adopt a, a servant leadership uh, mindset where I was there to very much help all these amazing um, account managers as much as I could. And that, that really made it um, a kind of smoother transition. Uh, a, couple, a year later, I moved into the national partner role where you know, I'm now looking after over 15,000 partners in Australia, a team of 65 uh, in Australia, and you know, I'm managing managers. And the skill set had to transform again into, um, I guess, being a very effective communicator. You have to be very purpose driven. Um, and authentic. And one thing that I've, I've learned more than anything else within both uh, these two last iterations of the roles is this concept of listening, which is a great strength for introverts. And it's probably one of the things that I've leveraged the most. And listening isn't just the top level, the top line, it's actually listening three layers below. So often when people um, are emotional or there's issues, or they're not feeling like they can do the best work of their lives, that's, that's when the introvert really comes to the fore, where you can get down and listen to what's the driving motivator behind what could be um, uh, you know, a, a veneer, almost like a symptom or an aspect of the underlying cause. That's really valuable, Rob, because what you're saying is that like an extrovert in a leadership role would go straight into talking at the problem where what you're saying is you take the time to really listen 
and work out what the underlying cause is and reflect on that and then come back to them with an answer. And, and that is a real strength that, that introverts have over, the, uh, over extroverts because we're not trying to talk at the problem, we're trying to understand the problem. Yeah, 110%. And you know, being a good people manager is one of, I think, the highest um, things you can ever do in your life. It's really hard, it's really challenging. It's completely inconsistent every day, um, but it's also one of the most rewarding uh, things you can ever do in your life. And I never thought I would be good at it. I never thought I would be interested in doing it, but having been in a couple of roles where I've had the opportunity to, to manage people, uh, it, it is incredibly rewarding. I think most people are heliotropic in the sense that they respond more to the positive. So similar to sunflowers that follow the, the sunlight around, people are very similar. Um, you have to give them the, the positive energy when they walk through the office, into the office, and show that they can be incredibly positive in their own internal, monolo in, internal monologues, and also show that you, know, you don't get the best out of people by hitting them, beating them with a stick and focusing on the negatives. You really have to focus on the positives and show what they're doing right and trying to get them to do more of that. I think that's the best way that you can help people do the best, best work of their lives. So just to make sure I'm translating this into words I understand, it's, it's really stepping back, not micromanaging them, giving them that empowerment to do their own thing, but also taking responsibility for their excitement and their attitude in the workplace. Giving autonomy and ownership is the most powerful thing you can do to anyone. It actually dignifies the, the individual. It's saying, hey, you are running a business within a business. The, this is the tools that you have. Uh, this is the opportunity or the landscape that you can operate in. Go, go forth and, and make it yours and treat it like your own business. It's so, so empowering. Um, there are always gonna be guardrails within a business and then you have to narrow those guardrails where, where appropriate. But that, that ownership combined with a really strong sense of purpose is incredibly powerful. Let's focus, Rob, just for a second on the transition from being a staff member like everybody else to the management role now in charge of, of, of well, managing the, the staff. And you took the role of how do I serve you? Now, a lot of people will also take it from, you know, I now have to become a dictator. I've got to tell people what to do. Talk to me through the mindsets that you went through at that point, because you weren't trained as a leader. And a lot of times people are thrown into this and become dictatorial. I, I know I did when I first started, and it was a massive pitfall when I first started that I was proud of because I was being like the manager that I had in the past, but it wasn't the right way to go about it. And I'd, I just love you to talk through that so people don't have to make the mistakes that, that I made. Yeah, well, a couple of things. Uh, first off, Someone who has never had a bad manager is incredibly lucky in this life. Uh, I, I haven't been that lucky. I had one particularly bad manager in a corporate finance role. And strangely enough, that was one of the biggest positives in my life because I can now take all those mistakes that I've seen when, and say, so I, I don't want to repeat that, you know? The key one being micromanaging, you know, giving that sense of autonomy. Um, and then the other aspect is empathy. You know, the fact that you can mentally walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And that is a big strength of being an introvert. I, I really believe that. 
that's incredibly powerful as well because then all of a sudden you know that your actions, um, if you can see the consequences of them in someone else and how they're going to react to that, um, yeah, it really sets up you know, the course that you take during the, during the day. We're always learning as introverts and we were, we were talking offline about your next step, which is to become more of a public figure and, and to, to speak more and do more of these interviews and those sorts of things. And, you know, you, you've started that process now. I'd love just to, to sort of share some of the, the, the things that you're consuming right now, because I think people look at people that are successful as introverts and assume that it came to them naturally, that it wasn't a thing they focused on learning. So you're now going through a new process of learning and doing something differently. I'd love to hear how you're taking that so that you don't fail, that you, you set yourself up for success. Well, first off, practice. Just get out there and, you know, just do, do the actions. Do the doing. Um, don't, don't overthink it. We did a, a great uh, diversity and inclusion course the other day and it was fascinating because we were – Moving through that, I was thinking how that applies to being an introvert versus an, in an extrovert's world. And diversity and inclusion, best way to describe that is, you know, being invited to a party, but no one uh, inviting you to dance when you're at the party. So the concept of all of us being unique and actually celebrating it and not being afraid of that uniqueness, which means fundamentally you have to be a little bit vulnerable to share a little bit about yourself. And I think that process where we are now in a society where we can celebrate uniqueness uh, is a fantastic, fantastic thing. And it doesn't matter what it is. Um, I think it's generally accepted that we do live in a world that celebrates the extrovert. And, you know, what we're doing here with this podcast is a great example of maybe trying to rebalance that a little bit um, and celebrate the, celebrate the introverts. It would be a fascinating um, concept to say, well, what if we all lived in an introverted world where the introverts were celebrated and, you know, maybe the extroverts were the minority? How, how would that play out? Um, I, I, I don't know, but I suspect, you know, the main thing is you just celebrate the fact that you are unique um, and you play to those strengths. Um, no one is perfect, um, recognising that. And then, you know, the first step along all this is a bit of awareness. And I can even hear myself now um, not breathing. And it's like, I need to, I need to take a big breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I think that's, that's fantastic. And Rob, you've provided amazing value today. So I, I really appreciate that. No, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity, Matt. It, it's really great to talk about this. And uh, I've read the book and it is fantastic. And I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone who's an introvert. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and Rob, I want to ask you the, the, one, the one question that, that I ask everybody at the end of uh, each one of these sessions, which is, you know, you've got a lot of skills and a lot of talents, but if you could pick one that you would consider your introvert's edge, what would it be? I would say storytelling more than anything else. And it's not necessarily my ability to storytell because I have never been able to tell a good story at a dinner party, but it's my ability to digest stories. Um, I love reading stories and I think the more that you can read and listen to other people's stories, that will give you a greater sense of empathy. And when you have empathy, uh, I, I think that's when you're really set up for success. That's fantastic. Well, Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and I, look, you've just given such amazing value to, to all the listeners. So thank you again for, for being on and, and, and just, just giving so much value. Thanks, Matt. 
And for everybody that's watching at home, if, if you want to check out some more of the show notes uh, that, are, that are on the page, please go to theintrovertsedge.com forward slash Rob. If you want to check out uh, the Introverts Edge book, feel free to go to theintrovertsedge.com and you'll be able to download a free chapter there. But more than that, I would really appreciate you helping share this message and help us start to remove that stigma that we know is there around introversion by sharing this content, by subscribing to the podcast so you get more great value and also writing a review to bring it higher in the charts so more introverts see this content and start to develop and learn strategies to be more successful in their businesses and in their lives. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Cheers. I'm Matthew Pollard, the author of The Introvert's Edge to Networking. I'm on a mission to help introverts to be proud of who we are. For the first time, you'll learn a process for networking that feels comfortable and authentic to you as an introvert. A process that doesn't feel salesy or awkward in any way. I saw at least half of my board members, three in particular that I can think of, that now are so comfortable in literally going up to people at events, all of a sudden I can see the confidence. Most of the networking books and literature out there really focus on hardcore tactics designed for extroverts. As introverts, we're different and we need to embrace that. We need a system that allows us to channel our natural introverted strengths into the networking room. You will learn how to be successful at face-to-face -face networking and a masterful online networker on your terms. It's beautifully written and it provides tremendous value. So I, I, I am honored to, to say, folks, if you haven't looked at the book, you really need to check out this guy's book. It's, it's excellent. It gives you that confidence to truly be yourself, knowing that you're going to be presenting yourself in a way that is authentic and will also really resonate with the person that you're talking with. One of the things you'll love about the Introvert's Edge to networking is it's jam-packed full of more than 20 stories of introverts just like you. People that have likely started in much tougher spots than where you are right now and how they've leveraged the strategies that you'll be learning to obtain phenomenal career and small business success. I was about to give up on my business. The results started coming in right away. In fact, a year later, the Chamber of Commerce awarded me the business of the year. <laughs> you need to go read his book because everything he does is what people need whether they're an introvert or not. I've been fortunate to receive endorsements from some exceptional introverts like Neil Patel and Ivan Meisner, the founder of the world's largest networking group, BNI. What I love about the Introvert's Edge is that it talks about the things that make an introvert successful. The Introvert's Edge to Networking is going to destroy all of the barriers that you have around whether success in networking is possible for you. Now I'm up to kind of five figures, you know, triple my prices or more. It was like the deals just kept coming in and coming in and it, I mean, it was incredible. Like I had never seen anything like it before. I was able to triple my revenue and that's happened within six months. We've gone from 10 million a year to 20 million a year. I wrote The Introvert's Edge to networking after the success of the first in the Introvert's Edge series, which focused on sales. I decided that it was just as important, perhaps even more so, that we had a networking book that was designed to help us as introverts dominate in the networking room and in online networking that was specifically written for us. 
So if you're an introvert, don't delay. Head to theintrovertsedge.com forward slash networking to get access to the first chapter of my new book completely for free today.